show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia, what has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Wings Price Stadium is second to none. And the rain breaks down in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. J.C. Sherbert. Watch him celebrate now. Bill My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm telling you, you look like you joined the dance, All right, greetings and good morning. Welcome aboard and welcome home inside the Gamecocks, the show. Live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics. Gamecock owned and operated. Sinorama.com and built by the Barn Dominium Co. And if you haven't been to their website and at any point in time in your future, anytime, whatever that may be, you feel like you will be moving or building your dream home, you'll probably want to start there. The barndominiumco.com, we call them the Barndo Co. As low as $160 a square foot if you live in the Carolinas, in Georgia, or in Tennessee. And guess what? They are owned and operated by Gamecocks as well. And we love doing business with them, and they love doing business with everybody in their network. The barndominiumco.com. JC, JB, and Phil here until 1 o'clock this afternoon. A pair of guests, you know them well. They're both with TheBigSpur.com, catching us up on a lot of what's going on in the world of Gamecock Athletics. John Whittle here in 10 minutes. He will fill us in on uh, the coaching situation. Clearly, we know what's going on, but he'll hopefully give us some background on that and uh, also maybe an update on some of the portal targets for the Gamecocks as Coach Kingston and Coach Lee are in the Northeast, Cape Cod, looking at a couple of those guys. And we'll see what else is on the agenda for John as well. And then in the 12 o'clock hour, Hale McGranahan, he's got a busy week. Again, camp and OVs coming up this weekend. It's a big official visit weekend. And as JC pointed out yesterday, South Carolina feels pretty darn good about the prospects they'll have on campus. So we'll see what Hale can add to that the college world series has just been outstanding uh if you haven't watched the games i you you really are missing out uh, i mean if you just if you enjoy baseball or sports in general it's been amazing uh wake finds a way to get it done yesterday over lsu so the two teams guys last week i thought they would be in the driver's seat florida and wake and here they are both two and oh with a, a couple of chances coming up to get to the championship series we'll see how that plays out I wouldn't count LSU out just yet, certainly not in the shot department. They have just annihilated any and every record that they could have dreamed of setting up there. I'll give you an update on that. Uh, and then also, I was weeding through the SEC schedule 
And I circled a weekend that I, I feel like there's going to be some chaos. And it's earlier. You know, generally you get these like late October, very early November weekends where it kind of all starts shaking everything out. I think it might be a little bit sooner this year. I'm not sure if you've rummaged through that, but we'll get to that here coming up in just a little bit as well. With that said, good morning, Phil, and good morning. And a very nice hair day to J.C. Sherbert and his Carolina Rise visor. It does. It looks real nice this morning. Yeah, yeah it does. I, I know. You know. I missed the... Uh, Washed it, combed it. Yeah. What was it? Wake and LSU, the late game yesterday? Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, I missed that one. We were at home team uh, up here in Greenville last night. Uh, nice. We don't have any kids for the next couple of days. So, yeah, I got to Ooh. spend some time with my wife. It's been fun. Yeah, that is fantastic. Did you get the um, Did you get the wings? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah the wings, I mean, so you can't beat them. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, that's our first time, too. So we, we overdid it to try a, a bit more of all sorts of stuff. But uh, yeah. and still didn't get to try it all. So no, well, <laughs> going to have to go back. <laughs> did, you have a, did you have a game changer while you were there? Or? I did. I mean, yeah, I was Uh-oh. like, well, they have a signature drink. Uh-oh. You got to go get you one. I, you know, I only had did, one. Did Dina, did Dina have one. a game changer? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah now, wait she a followed second. that up with the mule that they served there, too. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was like, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah I have known. I knew Dina before I knew Phil, so that's uh, <laughs> just a little a little time before I knew Phil. What are you? <laughs> Dina's, Dina's uh, one of my that's best funny. friends, so she uh, – Let's just say that me and Dina, we've uh, we know how to get it done the proper way, and so does and Phil does as well. But uh, <laughs> I, I'm always curious when I hear these stories because I, I know the other person. You know, I'm like, You're ah, right. That's my girl sitting there. Right. I, I can just I can just see her face now. I'm gonna get this game mm-hmm. changer. Like, game I'm gonna changer. get a mule. Yeah, I, I can just see. Anyway, I love Dina to death, man. So, I need to, I need to call her. By the way, I hadn't talked to her. Yeah. Damn man, well you know what uh, she's doing all summer. <laughs> yeah. So uh but no, um yeah, I'm kinda not in a good mood today, guys. Just been- <laughs> all right. Well, that'll wrap I it. Am, uh, it's eleven and nine. Y'all have a wonderful Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, we'll schedule John and Hill for tomorrow and get the hell out of here. <laughs> we have we have Sidarius tomorrow, which by the way, you two will yeah. have to handle that for me. I've got a I, I cannot skip the vet visit with my dog caper, so I'm, I'm going to have to dip out around noon tomorrow. So y'all have to, if you think you can handle Sidarius Hutcherson by yourselves. Oh yeah. Okay, no. I just want to make well, sure. I, yeah, Sidarius, that's, I, that's I, part I, of the Born I, to Crow series. So I, he's a really good story as far as how he got from West Tennessee to South Carolina, and uh, as a 220 pound defensive lineman, and became big Sidarius, and now. Uh, he's uh, going to be a graduate assistant this year for uh, Sean Elliott at Georgia State. He's already there. So that's uh, another Gamecock in coaching. We saw yesterday Bryson Allen Williams uh, left North Carolina and took an analyst job at Southern Cal. So that's yeah. uh, that's pretty cool. That's a step that, up. That is interesting. Moving to the yeah. big city for BAW, the L.A. Yeah, yeah, LA yeah I, I like that for him. The field was um, I think that um, – Going out there, I mean, he's obviously on the defensive side of things, but but being in the Lincoln Riley uh, in a Lincoln Riley run program, which means a Lincoln Riley run offense, he's probably going to learn a lot about how to defend it. 
Yeah, and they, they got a good staff on defense too. I mean, it, it's who's Grinch is still the coordinator out there. Uh, followed he followed Lincoln from Oklahoma, and they're going to have to start playing defense in the league they're going into, and if they want to compete in the playoff like they're capable of. But um, you know, that's yeah. Hey, look, here's a guy in BAW that. Worked for Mac Brown, who's one of the best, and now he's going to, to work for Lincoln Riley, who's considered one of the best right now. And mm-hmm. you know, I think it's good sometimes to to spread your wings and go see new places while you're young. And LA certainly is a different place. So uh uh and it's cool out there, guys. You know, y'all wouldn't believe if y'all went onto their campus, and I haven't been to SC probably since 2011, 2012. But their facilities yeah, pretty good, huh? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, their weight room, I mean, I, I, and I think they've built some more, you know, and gotten a little better. But, man, when I was there, you know, people complained about the crews building at the, in, the, in the end zone. South Carolina had for a weight room there for a little bit. <clears throat> and, man, Southern Cows is in the basement of the whole of – they got a big, nice building they built back wow. in the 70s to Champions mm-hmm. Hall or something like that where they have all their Heismans and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, man. They, they, their meeting rooms and all all that stuff was down in the basement. There's just um, not a lot of space uh, out there, and you don't really want to go that far away from that campus because it's it's not it's sort of a, an oasis, if you will. Um, but uh, it's uh, you know, and I don't know. I think they have built some more stuff, but yeah, Miami and Southern Cal are two schools that would have. Really surprised about about ten years ago when you look at the facilities, you know. Mm-hmm. So, well, my, and Miami is what is it about? Uh, thirty is it thirty minutes from campus, or is it a little bit further than that? Their stadium, yeah. yeah. I mean, they share that stadium with the Dolphins and everybody else. So it's in Opalaca, which is in Broward County, which is uh, Miami's in Dade. Coral, Coral. But see, here, here's the thing about Coral Gables. It kind of reminds me of the situation Spartanburg High School had before they opened a new Spartanburg High School about you know two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, Spartanburg High School sits in the middle of a really nice, quiet neighborhood, and so the neighbors were like, "No football, you know, games." <laughs> uh, so they had nice practice fields and a soccer stadium and everything else there, but they had to play their games at Wofford. Uh, at Snyder Field and then uh, wherever, you know, the new stadium is at Wofford. You know, meanwhile, Dorman and Burns have these on-campus cathedrals. Uh, Miami's kind of the same way. They're in a neighborhood. Like that campus is in – Excuse me. You, you, you roll around the campus. It's nice and beautiful. And then you're rolling through, you know, half a million-dollar homes at the least there in Coral Gables. So right. uh, they don't want football they want on campus and on-campus stadium. I think they need one, but they, they don't. So they played in the Orange Bowl for years, which made sense. It was kind of right down the road. Well, then they tear down the Orange Bowl to build the boondoggle that is the Miami Marlins Stadium. Um, yeah. But uh, and uh, they had to they ship them out to Opalaka uh, to play where the Dolphins do, and that's I always think that hurts them because you you, you have when when Florida State comes to town, it's probably fifty fifty crowd wise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure when Carolina, if Carolina ends up going down there in 2026, I think the Gamecocks will take quite a quite a crew down to Miami for that one. But um, yeah, it's interesting. But like Miami's like actual like on campus weightlifting facilities, practice fields, locker rooms, 
it, it just wasn't up to uh, up to snuff. So really interesting. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, people people would be surprised by that because I mean, look, look, I'll be honest too. Georgia never. Georgia had some of these schools. What they did was they built nice stuff before the arms race happened, and they just kind of held on. Georgia's Taj Mahal city now, but the Butts Mirror building was like ahead of its time, and then everybody kind of caught up uh, for a while there. But anyway, that's my little facility spiel. Be thankful that you have what you have in South Carolina because it's uh, it's come a long way, and it's ahead of a lot of name programs that you wouldn't you wouldn't think it would be ahead of. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about that. South Carolina, I mean, you hear it every time. It's not lip service when people visit. They say it's, there is a wow factor. Not that the rest of the SEC doesn't have plenty of, plenty of that, um, as well. All right, uh, Phil, we'll hold on to the break, uh, because we're not going to keep John forever anyways, but John Whittle is ready to go. So we'll pop him in. Here at 11.15 on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. It's been a busy week for John, trying to keep us all up to speed on what is changing with South Carolina's coaching staff and what is changing with their roster. Thanks for making the time, brother. Uh, we know that you're busy, so we won't we won't keep you all morning, but um, certainly been an eventful few days. I know it's not officially done, but Matt Williams is set to take the place of Justin Parker as the pitching coach for Carolina baseball, so fill us in on that. Yeah, um, I expect an official announcement probably later today. I don't think it's gonna gonna have to hold off until tomorrow. But a few little HR things have to be done. Um, I mean, the the process was really easy, and this is two in a row for me. Like there haven't really been any coaching searches in these coaching searches. So you know, you went from Chad Kaye to Monty Lee very very quickly uh, last August, and and went from Justin Parker to to Matt Williams um, really quickly on on uh, Sunday night. You know, Justin Parker accepted that gig at Mississippi State um, late afternoon, very early evening on on Sunday. And Mark Kingston got on the phone, called Matt Williams, said, you know, it didn't quite work out two years ago. You ready to do it now? He said, yep, let's get it going. And easy as that. So, um, you know, Matt is either still on his way down to Columbia or uh, may or may have already gotten there this morning, depending on what time he left. So he's uh, going to meet with a couple players, finish up some things with HR, and, and be ready to rock and roll. All right, so let's get to that side of it in just a second. Let's start with JP. He's, in my opinion, John, he's been excellent since he's been in South Carolina. I know he's had to deal with a ton of injuries uh, since taking over as the pitching coach for the Gamecocks. But nonetheless, they they've – they have done really, really well. Last year's numbers, are you can almost wipe them out with all the guys that just were not available. He was courted by Mississippi State for a reason, and he's getting a substantial, substantial raise. Matter of fact, if we do our digging, I, I don't know, I don't know many assistant coaches that are going to be making the money that he's making. Yeah, yeah, he's he's certainly getting a, a nice little pay bump, and that's certainly a, a big part of of why he's he's leaving to go there. It'll be a two year deal, and and uh, which South Carolina has also offered to Matt Williams as well. Uh, but but Parker's getting a, a, a two year deal to to go out there, a, a pretty significant pay bump, and you know that's that's always nice. That's always nice to have. So, um, but it, I mean, Mississippi State's a great baseball school. Uh, they've they uh, they really do a great job of supporting that program. 
Yeah, can you elaborate on that a little bit here? Because obviously South Carolina, Florida, I mean, there's so many amazing programs in the SEC, but Mississippi State, I think there's a football mentality with their baseball team sometimes, and, and that is just totally not accurate. They have put as much or as many resources into their baseball program as anybody in college baseball, especially in the last few years. Absolutely. I mean, you don't have to look further than Duty Noble Field and, and how incredible that place is to, to see the investment that they have. The the amount of money from an NIL standpoint is, is incredible. You know, it's uh, it's it's supported like very few other and others in in uh, in college baseball, whether it's by the administration or the fan base. And, you know, that makes a huge difference when when it comes to re- recruiting coaches and, and players and, and the like. All right, now here comes Matt Williams, and um, I've known I, – I don't know Matt very well. Of course, we've crossed paths, but he, his name is a big name in the state of South Carolina. He's been around a long time, and one of the things that is we – we hit on this yesterday about his relationships with high school coaches. John, you, of course, know that. Uh, you, you're in the thick of this nonstop. But there's also a couple of components to his resume that are really, really good. He knows the JUCO circuit in and out. He played it. He's, he's coached it. Um, and so when you combine Power 5 baseball, Liberty is not a Power 5 program, but certainly they are a very respected college baseball program out there. You combine all these different levels. He understands them. He understands the people in them. He understands the players. And this is not going to be a come in the door. We got to introduce our pitching coach to this, that, and the other. And this guy here, this is Matt. He already knows these guys. So, so what's the process going to be like for him? It'll be easy for him, and you know this isn't this isn't necessarily a, a, a job qualification, but is 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 helpful. I mean, he he's a South Carolina guy and South Carolina fan. Like this is his dream job, and again, that's not a that's not a reason why you offer a guy a job. I mean, it, it could be it could be your dream job to be the South Carolina pitching coach, and they ain't gonna hire you, Jamie. Sorry about that. No, you know, it, it was his, but he's also really really good. I think that I think that does mean something. Uh, but he's got great relationships here uh, from from his time, you know, growing up in Lancaster. Under, I mean, his, his dad is one of I, uh, he's a South Carolina state of South Carolina baseball legend, and, and Steve Williams, a, a great scout, a great coach. Uh, you know, Matt got that from him and started out at SMC as a player and then as a coach and then went to UNC Wilmington, had incredible success there, a little stop with the Padres and, and now at Liberty. And, and I know the, the numbers weren't as good at Liberty this past season as, as they have been, but, you know, sometimes it's just, that's just baseball. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm very high on Matt. You know, I've, I've known, known, uh, known him and known about him for a long time. And, you know, he was, he was offered the job before Parker was two years ago, so and, and turned it down to stay at Liberty. Liberty's got some real money up there for for its athletics, especially baseball, and, and the contract and, and and a couple of other factors just just kept him up there at that time. But but now's the right time for him. Has he been actively recruiting South Carolina since he's been at Liberty? Do you know? Absolutely, absolutely, okay. and and has throughout his entire career. Well, and, and look, I, I I don't want to pigeonhole this conversation, John, because South Carolina has to recruit national. They have to recruit the best players in the country to be one of the best teams in the country. I get it, but the long storied history of Gamecock baseball has been signing the best players in this state. Period. Anytime that they've done anything, you look on that roster, and generally 
the best guys to come out of South Carolina, they have contributed to that success. And over the last few years, there's there's been a void in, in signing the best players in South Carolina. Now you got Matt, you got Monty. There isn't a road that they don't know in the Palmetto State from the mountains to the seas. And and I just it's hard to look at this staff and not think that those two guys collectively can own it. If they want a player here, they're going to probably have an upper hand to walk in and get them over just about anybody else. 100%. And, you know, it's for, for those who like in-state recruiting, you couldn't ask for two better assistant coaches. And when, when Mark Kingston came in, he had a lot of guys from outside of this state. You know, Stuart Lake, who you all have on the show, was, was on the staff and, and was in the state, but he wasn't able to be out on the road recruiting. Now, he could make the phone calls and he could talk and he can get the intel, but, you know, he wasn't out there in the trenches. And, you know, these, these two guys in, in, in Kingston, so that's a big part of the reason why in-state recruiting suffered was because his staff just didn't have the connections. And Monty was up at Clemson, had all of those connections, and, and was incredible up there with, with that from a recruiting standpoint. Now South Carolina's got Monty. South Carolina's got Matt Williams. You know, the, these these two guys are, are very entrenched in the state and have been for a long time. You know, if you like in-state recruiting, you couldn't ask for a better staff. But, you know, these guys can also recruit, period. So they can go out and <laughs> and, uh, and get get players. And, you know, I, I think that recruiting will be in a, in a good place. You mentioned the other day Monty interviewed at Cincinnati, but obviously he squashed that. He's staying at South Carolina. Was he close to taking that job or very close very close um wow. you know if you if you'd asked me on thursday night you know you're losing uh one assistant coach this offseason who's it going to be i'd have said 90 percent monty 10 percent justin parker and i was wrong um you know but monty monty was offered that job i mean and uh he him and his wife went up there on friday and came back and just didn't didn't feel like it was the right place or the right fit for them and uh, I mean, you know, Monty is a Monty's a Lugoff boy. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's not a Cincinnati boy. So, you know, it was uh, it, he he decided to come back, and you know the the part the uh, the conversations intensified with Parker and Mississippi State, and you know those things just kind of changed. But you know, Monty had the chance to go to a, a an upcoming Power Five program, and you know, basically build it from the ground up. But he he wanted to stay at South Carolina. I would venture a guess if you asked Monty, he'd probably tell you that the size of the deer in Ohio were also an intriguing part of that offer. Uh, but uh, he chose to he chose to stay here, which is fantastic, of course. All right, so you mentioned recruiting; they're on the road now, according to your reporting. They're in the Cape. Fill us in on what's going on up there. Yeah, they're after some they're after some real dudes up there. Um, Monty and, and Mark Kingston are, are are both up there right now. Um, Monty's meeting with with uh, Kennedy Jones today, the the outfielder slash first baseman from from uh, UNC Greensboro, who is um, South Carolina saw firsthand last year how good that kid is, and you know he, he's a rising junior, uh, all American kind of guy. Uh, no, South Carolina's got a chance there for sure, uh, but they're they're going to see Billy Amick from Clemson, they're going to see Colby Shelton from Alabama, they're going to see the recent commitment Ty Good. Uh, from College of Charleston, they've got. Uh, they're going to see uh, Dominic Nyman, 
who uh, I just posted yeah. a story about on the Big Spur uh, today. So, um, and they've got they got a couple other irons in the fire up there to to go check out and and you know see what they can see. And you know they'll be up there recruiting some guys from the portal. And Matt Williams will be down here recruiting some guys on on his own team now. So he's going to meet with some of these. Uh, some of these current pitchers and and start building a relationship with them and be sure that they want to hang around. Guys, the Nyman thing is amazing to me. Going into the regional, Phil, JC, y'all remember this. We talked about this kid all week. He had thrown 6,000 pitches the weekend before. Uh, Carolina, I think, missed or had a major feather in their cap when they announced that he was not going to start on Friday and I think some folks had kind of laughed at us. I kept saying over and over, look, if this kid starts on Friday night, they're going to have their hands full. I don't care that it's Central Connecticut State, uh, John. And, and he, of course, got the start on Saturday, and he he, sh- he shut down Campbell uh, until, you know, he came out of the game. Then they kind of blew up for some runs. But everybody's talking about all these other guys and you can roll this conversation for the sake of time right into those dudes as well from a scouting standpoint and maybe where Carolina stands with them if you know. But the Nyman thing is just incredibly – it's odd, but it's interesting. Uh, And the fact that he was just in Columbia pitching, I'm assuming that's where they saw him and they thought, well, shoot, let's go get him. Well, that that was certainly helpful uh, to to see him in person and and know what he's all about. You know, Mike Current and – and, and several other guys over there do a great job of keeping an eye on the transfer portal and, and taking a look at basically every individual player that goes in and seeing seeing uh, if they're a fit and, you know, if they can be helpful and, and that kind of thing. There's there's certainly also agent contacts and, and guys reaching out to, to recommend guys, and, and that helps too. But, um, but yeah, ha- having known about him because of the – the, the regional and seeing him live and in person, certainly a, a benefit to South Carolina staff and certainly a benefit to to South Carolina in terms of trying to land him. He's He's been there and, and been in the, that environment. I mean, he, he saw what it was like on Friday night when he wasn't pitching, but he was in the dugout, you know, for – for uh, his team versus, versus the Gamecocks, and then got to got to be out on that mound and throw some incredible innings uh, there against Campbell the very next day. So he dominated those Camels for for a really long time uh, that that afternoon, and then they kind of kind of uh, exploded, um, you know, later in that game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know right now because the conversations just kind of started with him in South Carolina exactly where the Gamecocks stand, but um, I got to think that that uh, the Gamecocks are in at least a decent spot if if Nyman is, is going to meet with, with Monty and has agreed to do so. So, you know, that's uh, that's that's certainly good for the Gamecocks. And, and uh, you know, they when you're recruiting All-Americans, you're basically recruiting five-star athletes is basically what you're doing if you want to equate it from a football standpoint. That's right. All of these guys are wanted by everybody. You know, Colby Shelton's wanted by everybody. Billy Amick's wanted by everybody. Tennessee, Arkansas, Florida, uh, LSU. All, all of these, all of these players want. All, all of these major college baseball players want these guys. So, you're going against you're you're going against the best of the best. And and uh, you know, South Carolina has a lot more to sell this year than they did last year. Uh, they did a nice job in the portal last year, and they're shooting shooting their shots a little bit higher. Uh, a little bit, a little bit bolder, you know, this, this season. So, um, you know, is South Carolina going to get all these guys? No, 
but they might get one or two, and that's going to be really helpful to add to a team that already has two All-Americans returning and Ethan Petrie and Cole Messina. You could have, you could have four All-Americans in the middle of their lineup next year, which would be – well, they've never had that, so that would be a first. Um, even going back to the, the great days of the national titles and so on and so forth before that. Um the Nyman's he's a draft guy though too, John. So we're Yeah, no, yeah, I mean that's that's a good point. I mean Ty Good from College of Charleston is a draft, draft guy also. Yeah. So you have to have to kind of balance some of these things and 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 be sure that you're getting enough guys who are going to come in, you know, if if you if you sign a highly recruited high school guy, I mean the the draft is a possibility too. So, you know, you've already got some some practice in, in balancing, you know, how, how you recruit from a from a high school standpoint. You got to balance how you recruit from a portal standpoint as well. So, um, you know, they're they're going to be sure to, that they're not going to going to waste their time and 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 re- recruit only players who who have a chance of signing and be left with nothing at the end. They're going to be sure that they have have uh, some good players and and some players who are who are certain to come in and help as well. All right, this is the final one that I've got, unless one of these guys wants to squeeze one in and we'll get you out of here. Um, there's some scuttlebutt out there on Eli. I, I know people were freaking out over a post from Gavin Costas. It just seemed more like an appreciation post to me. Uh, my, sum- my summary, personally, John, is you just don't ever know anymore. Uh, probably wouldn't waste time losing sleep over this guy and that guy because you just don't know. With that said... Do you have any updates on current Gamecocks, like I just mentioned, either one of those or someone else, that may be considering entering the portal? And is it also maybe just a tad too early to comment because Justin Parker did just depart the program. Matt Williams still is making his way to campus to meet with the staff. So from a pitching standpoint, kind of a tough time to evaluate evaluate what the future of the current guys may look like. Well, with, with Casas first, I mean, it was – he's not going into the transfer portal. He, he can't go into the portal without sitting out. So, it, I mean, it's, it's either draft or, or, or back to Columbia for him. And, and you know, with him, he's going to have an opportunity to sign. Is Do you want to sign for 125 and, and go out and go play? Or do you want to sign for, you know, three or 400 – and 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 uh and, and have that opportunity what i mean what what do you want to do like he he can get one twenty five easy easily and and go out and go, but if he only gets that, would he rather get that and probably get somewhere close to that next year or or does he want to come back and get his degree and and play another season at South Carolina with what could be a special team is if if South Carolina can make it to where it's financially feasible to to come back for him, um, then then I think he'll probably come back. But you know he he might get three or four hundred thousand dollars and and uh, you know sign and go play too. He really he really helped himself late in the year because his his bat picked up late in the year against good competition. He started to show why why he was really good uh, early on in the season. He was using the whole field. He was hitting for power. He he uh, he he had some high exit velos. He was really good at the end. So we'll kind of see how that plays out. It wasn't a, it wasn't a good buy. I think it was more of a, hey guys, I'm thinking about going to going to the MLB draft. You want to throw a little little NIL money my way, and I think that was more of what that was. So we'll see how that plays out. But but uh, yeah, with uh, with Eli, 
you know, he hasn't made any decisions yet. Uh, whether and, and that's either way, whether it's to go into the portal or, or definitely come back. You know, some kids wait and, and talk to their coaches. Some kids don't. Colby Shelton went into the portal, you know, without giving Rob Vaughn really much of a chance to uh, to, to see what he could do uh, over there, see if he could convince him. You know, Eli's going to at least talk with Matt, and, and, you know, they've spoken on the phone, but they're going to get together in person today and, and uh, you know, see how things go. I, I do think Eli's probably going to stay at South Carolina, but but it's not a slam dunk. So we'll we'll see how, how things progress. But he's not made any decision, and I know he's frustrated by some of those Internet rumors that were out there. So, you know, that's those probably aren't good things to really go with and, and promote on, on social media. And I'm not really just talking about just South Carolina or just Eli Jones, but – but just in general, I mean, it's kind of silly to to try to pretend like you know things when when you don't know anything, and you're you're a fan or or a fringe reporter or, or whatever else. Glad you said it. I would have said it a little bit differently, but I agree <laughs> yeah. with you. I think it's ridiculous some of the crap these people come up with and just funnel out into the universe for everyone to fuss and discuss, which is what I we mean, just had to do. Breaking news, though, John. Not everything on the message boards is true. Hold yeah, on. No, I on. may need to reevaluate. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, Phil was drinking game changers last night. John, give him a break. Like, hold <laughs> on. <laughs> yeah, no. Any well, more attrition expected, John? Or is that, I mean, have we have we kind of seen the outgoings? Going into the portal, I'm not sure if he's in yet or not, but he, he wasn't going to be able to pitch next year anyway uh, with uh, after having Tommy John. But, you know, I won't say anything's expected, but um, – you know, I don't know of anything. Something could catch me off guard, uh, but but I, I think everybody's everybody's pretty good. Coming so. into next year, they could be right where they were this year with five or six starters playing out for three weekend spots. Ty mm-hmm. Good and Nimmin, if it works out, they've already got three. Kimball's a guy, so mm-hmm. we'll see. We got. I know you got to go, man. Uh, thank you for squeezing us in. We really do appreciate it, and and um, we will. We'll get back with you next week sometime. Hopefully some resolutions to some of these stories that are floating around out there. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me. Thanks, John. There you go. Thanks, John, John Little, best in the business covering Gamecock baseball with thebigspurter.com. All right, Phil, let's, uh, we'll hit that break. It's 1135. Hang tight. Painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance 
appointments today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream, and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock-owned. Gamecock-operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jacob Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. First hour of the show, of course, is brought to you by Cindy Sear Falls and her Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate. Give eight six we give her a call at 864-414-5271. Cindy would be glad to help you with all your upstate residential real estate needs. Way off topic here, but have you all been following along this terrible story about this missing submarine? Okay, yes. I was oh talking about that with my wife earlier yesterday. I could was you, like, I'm extremely claustrophobic. Yeah, I couldn't I'm do it. Either. I'm with Number you, one, I would never do it. No, me I would, neither. Uh, to me, uh, no. Nah. You're not dropping me two miles below the ocean. No way. I'm not going out then like that. I mean, that, you know, like, it, it, you read the stories, too, about, like, remember when they had that, what was that, the Hunley or whatever? Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the dudes in the state government were making such a huge deal out of her, whatever. Well, you read about how they went down. I mean, that was like an old timey submarine made of wood. Yes, maybe steel, maybe maybe iron. And it it's flooded, here. and they Trump. died, mm-hmm. and yeah. the bodies were still there. So I'm like, I'm not going out. I'm claustrophobic. I have a fear of drowning anyway. I'm not. I don't care how safe. I'm not going out that way. I would you. But I it's totally just, agree. Uh, it I saw is, pictures uh, of this submarine yeah, uh, this morning. Actually, people. it looked like you know some sort of kit small. It was, really yeah, small. Well, they said it's controlled with like a video game style controller. Yeah, it looks like a PlayStation <laughs> controller. I mean, did the controller run out of batteries? How in the hell does that happen? See, I oh, I think there's something a little more sinister going. On. I think a sea monster ate it. A sea monster. Right. A megalodon. A megalodon. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they cool. they find megalodon teeth often up in like the Somerville area. That shows you how far the water used to 
be, yeah. you know, inland. That's why Columbia is sandy. That's right. The ancient ocean. The ocean, ancient ocean came up that's all right. that way. Well, but yeah, that, that gives me the heebie-jeebies whenever I hear about it. I hope they find them alive. It's, it's kind of like a, a few years back, a Russian submarine, yeah. military submarine, nuclear power. They lost power. Yep. And the dang thing just sunk, and they were just chilling at the bottom, and nobody could get to them. It's uh, that, that Titanic wreck is way, way, way down there, um, dude. It's two miles, two miles, back, two miles. Two miles down. Um, yeah, you can't do that. Not, One thing I did this, find interesting through the story was there is a federal district court in Virginia dedicated to Titanic issues. Yeah, that is the one go-to place for, it's the one go-to district court for anything Titanic related. Wow. Which is, you know, you got to figure was created back originally in the early 19-teens when it went down. Ah, man. It's like I've I've been offered to go scuba diving before, and the answer was a hard no. I can't say that I wouldn't do it like in the shallow waters of the Bahamas or something with a good Shallow water, yeah. Five you know, something, something like that. Just to yeah. get down there and chill. I'd, I'd go norkelin. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a ra- yeah. Ralphie. Ra- well, like I know, Ralph- pe- <laughs> I know people Ray. that like yeah. they scuba dive here, like for fun. Like I know there's trained scuba divers to go find whatever. You know, a car runs off the bridge, and the, you know they're going to go down. You know, with they, the rescue guys. You know, but but I mean. There's dudes that just scuba dive in like the upper Cooper River. The upper Cooper River of Charleston is infested with alligators. I ain't scuba diving in there. No way. What's wrong with these dudes? The lakes up here in the upcountry, I'm like, man, how do you see anything? That would see that's more scary to me, would be scuba diving in one of these damn lakes up here where you can't see anything. It'd be a murky ass water. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm not even if I swim in Lake Murray or something, I'll swim out in the middle. You know, because chances are, you know, that's kind of deep. But, I mean, like back in the coves and stuff, I stay on the boat with my ice cold beer. My tank top with an American flag on it like a, like a good redneck. I don't get it. I, I'm not not me. I'm not doing it. I, you know, my fiance, <laughs> we just need to go scuba diving if we go to the Bahamas. I'm like, uh-uh. I've seen that movie Open Water. <laughs> See, that's my goal in life. We all got to go sometime. My goal is not to go based on the actions of a stupid person. And and if you ever watch that movie, a stupid person could not count. And therefore, these people get eaten by a shark. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's the damn mistake. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, same reason I don't really like to fly. I'm like, how smart is this pilot? Pilot error comes into play. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's just, just I was like, I just don't want to, you know, I suppose a good many of us go because the actions of somebody that's dumb, but uh, I'm just, uh, I, I try to avoid that at all costs. And with my luck, I'd go scuba diving and someone would have screwed my tank on wrong. I can't even have like a pillow toward my face or anything when I'm asleep. I don't like people touching me in the face when I'm sleeping either. I just... Who can't breathe? Uh, but anyway, Cocky Joe's <laughs> going to kill us if we don't talk about football. Cocky so, Joe, don't, don't worry. We got yeah, plenty yeah. of time so, to talk football. Just, I just sure wanted to, uh, we got hail coming up later, but the mystery yeah. D end. Uh, number one, there's a reason it's a mystery. Number two, it's still good to go. Last I checked. Number three, it's all I'm going to say. Uh, you know, I, I get asked questions about it every day and uh, I get it. I hope you guys aren't disappointed. You know, 
I think this guy's pretty good, but uh, I hope you guys aren't disappointed by it. But uh, uh, as I've, I've as I've explained, uh, you know, I, I think that in my position, you know, like why even say anything if you can't say the name? Well, you know. I, have you ever seen the movies "He Who We Shall Shall Not Speak Of"? I mean, you know, you tell Beetlejuice three times, Beetlejuice comes and gets you. You know, you, uh, there's plenty of horror movies where people die because they say the name. So here right? we are. We're either getting the so, Candyman, uh, yeah, well, Beetlejuice, or Voldemort. Well, I think the point was because <laughs> of the freak out. You know, people were freaking out like they weren't going to. Yeah, people, people like, yeah. what's the staff doing? What are they yeah, doing? Exactly. Well, they got some irons in the. I fire. mean, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. You know, no, you I know, but you know, chose the damned if you give you do. as much so. as I can. I just, you know, but I'll tell you this: there's probably some other, probably as I alluded to in the uh, VIP room on the big spur. There, there may be some other names pop up. I don't know. Yeah, it's never. Uh, it's the way the world these days, works. you know, you got to be patient. Uh. Especially with this portal stuff, guys, because it's no way. You know, it used to be like high school recruits. The most sensitive thing would have been if you sneak another commit on campus or something. Nowadays, they put it on Twitter anyway. You know, so there's no, no there's no big secrets there. Um, portal, though, it happens so fast, and you know, especially at certain positions, the teams are so starved for talent at those spots. You know. That uh, it can get hairy, and you can't you just can't put everything out. Same thing with the running back situation. If you, I mean, I couldn't even tell you Logan Diggs was going to be on campus until he was. So you know, I'm just saying that. So anyway, there's a bone for you. Uh, this guy's big, it, and I'll, I'll say Bruin. It's not Jeff Coat. Jeff Coat can't. He's already enrolled. It. He had he not enrolled at Arkansas, he'd probably you know you could probably go get him. But he enrolled at Arkansas, so now. You know, he would have to get like a double waiver or something to come play. That's not happening. So um, Lance offered to buy me unlimited lattes if I tell him. (laughs) So um, anyway, Kaki just like we could do the secret. But anyway, uh, and it's not Birch either. That's not who I'm talking about. So, you know, Joey says you can't even open the submarine from inside. Yeah. Yeah. That's not. I mean, you wouldn't want to that deep. Because you die instantly and be crushed. That's nuts. Yeah, I know. Right. Well, and like what KFC said about like here, yeah, you got to go sixty miles off, and then you, you know, you're in the yeah before the, you fall over the continental shelf. The yeah. right, and but then Jan was talking about the deepest part of Lake Murray being three hundred fifty feet. I didn't know that. That's wild. Deep. I bet there's a catfish down there that would. Swall, <laughs> swallow, swallow me whole. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, man, if you had a strong enough line, it could drop one Can't all the way to the bottom. Fit. I bet you pull a hell of a catfish. <laughs> yeah, I've caught, I've caught a, a, a fifty pound catfish before, and that about killed me. So yeah. <laughs> some of those ones, like that one that was caught in Italy. What what was it, JC? It was nine feet. It was a, the one in it Italy, was like a it looked like a mutant. Like it was, yeah, like, it was nine feet feet like a fish. But I'm like. You'd be yeah. pulling up and uh, going, pulling up at Lowe's the next day, buying freezers and fridges. Yeah. You know, you'll have catfish stew for years. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, forever. That's all you'll eat the rest of your life is catfish. Catfish stew. Catfish, I'm with you, Quantrell, stew. by the way. Lake Jocassi is the most beautiful lake in the state, and I would I would do something like There is a town at the bottom of that, yes. There is. Yeah, like Jocassi is like kind Kiwi. of the exception like to the murky Jocassi. water rule up here. Oh, yeah. There's nothing <laughs> yeah, murky yeah. like Jocassi. I like Kiwi, too, guys. Oh, yeah. 
Phil and I had like a you. friend from back in the day that had a house on Lake Keeley. Yeah. Oh God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, God. Joe saying a name three times and seeing something you don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting dude, but yeah. Uh, but Kiwi's nice. I like I like all those 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 lakes up there. Hartwell, it just kinda is what it is. Kiwi scares me because it's right there at the nuclear plant. Hartwell gets all the waste <laughs> out of Clemson <laughs> University. You don't want to swim in that one. Um yeah, uh, who's going to Green Lake Greenwood? Craig, like I, I've always thought Lake Greenwood was a little underrated. I agree. You know? I like yeah, Greenwood. Nice. A little underrated, yeah. you know. It's and it's not as expensive to live on Lake no. Greenwood. And it's definitely gotten more. You probably have a nice little lake house there or something. But um, anyway, yeah. uh, Quantrell says, "Do you have the email of the person who blocked the Jeff coat <laughs> transfer?" I still have some things on my mind. Now I'm going to let sleeping dogs lie. Yeah. That, that information is easily accessible, yeah. but uh, I'm not going to – I can't be responsible for that, Quantro. Yeah. I love your intent, and I love where your heart is, bud. But uh, it's all know, over. I have, I have too many uh, – They will survive. Relationships. It's not Jadeveon Clowney. Yeah, it's okay. We'd it's not JJ Watt. Thousands of dollars on an anti-doxing case fine. or something if we release that information too. Yeah, you're yeah, gonna be fine. I'm not going to. I don't need uh, the university calling me. We're all right. Nope. <laughs> they're going to be okay. 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 Yeah. So no, they're no. Be okay. All right, let's hit our final break of the hour because we do have hail uh, coming up at twelve uh, twenty today. So we don't want to be thrown off too much. But if <laughs> I don't know if y'all seen the uh, the the recent net, the count. This is fun following along the Jello Shot count. Plus, there's a weekend that I've got a feeling is going to turn the SEC upside down sooner than later in 2023. Hang tight. We'll get to it when we get back on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by travelingcountryclub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. 
Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Pauly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Pauly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, Tasty, and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody. And so the Gamecocks, the show. So we turn our attention to Omaha. No, not the World Series. The competition that really Jello. matters. Dude. Rocco's Jello shots. I'm sure it's higher than this yeah. now. Did you have y'all seen the latest numbers? Uh, oh, here I got them right here. I got 17 right hours here. ago. Can y'all see that? Yeah, there you go. Uh, sharing the screen. There, you go. perfect, Phil. Yeah, Twenty-one thousand four thirty-five for LSU <laughs> broke the record last night, and and that the, and the day that started with them hovering around eleven to twelve thousand. So a group of Cajuns <laughs> roll into a bar. Stop me if you've heard there. this one before. <laughs> yeah. Break themselves silly. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, breaks. Was it six thousand the guy bought? It was really six thousand. Wow, golly! Oh my god, <laughs> that's that's thirty thousand dollars because they're five dollars a piece. Virginia, what are you doing? Five hundred. I know Virginia. That's pathetic. That is. Might as well erase it now because they're out of there. <laughs> it's pathetic. They are out. Get out of here! What they're, a joke. Uh, I'm I'm hey, disappointed I'm in Tennessee too though. Yeah, sixteen hundred. It's terrible. Yeah, Tennessee. That's, that's strange for them. They're they're disappointing numbers there. Yeah, it's pretty disappointing. I mean, <laughs> Wake at fifty five hundred is surprising though. LSU is not surprising for whatever reason. Twenty one thousand. No. If they keep I going, they're going to buy forty thousand Jello shots. <laughs> I, I would think. I guess Wake Forest people. fans go. Yeah, just about all of them are in Omaha. I, I, I would think that if you think about, you know, we always kind of think about things in terms of football crowds, and, and LSU's probably brought a football crowd out there. To be honest, I'll never forget LSU opened one year at Washington in Seattle, fifteen thousand in the stands for that one, purple and gold. <laughs> okay, ironically, Washington also is purple and gold, but different kind of purple and gold. Anyway, um. So I would imagine, though, as as Wake fans go, like they're all there. Like it's, and uh, frankly, they get better crowds than Vanderbilt sometimes for football and, and basketball. So uh, go Deeks. So they've sold twenty three. Let's I don't know what do, what do you think here? Twenty four plus thirty, thirty three, thirty, almost forty thousand shots. And by the end of this thing, they're gonna probably be. At about 
80,000 shots times five. So are they open next year, or does this guy sell out? He's like, hey, hell no. I'm going out on top, man. Take my money. Yeah, somebody buy it from underneath me. I'm out, I'm out of Omaha. J.C. Saul says the owner of Raising Cane, so I guess he's an LSU guy. So he went in there. All right, boys, sense. I'm going to buy it. Cajun. Raising Cane's chick on. That makes a lot of sense. Not Cajun, though. Yeah. Hey, man. That, hey, look. There's I said a raisin. before. Yeah. There's drinking. There's drinking in the South. And then there's LSU. There's drinking in places like Chicago and Boston. <laughs> But then there's Louisiana, and that's a whole different category. And there's, then there's then there's Baton Rouge. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's all, Louisiana. The whole, the whole place is in a different different category altogether. Yeah. And you already have to figure out what most of them are saying. The more alcohol they have, the less likely you are to understand one single word that comes from their mouths. Yeah. What are you talking about, Jamie? Oh, uh, yeah. a bar full of people speaking real. And- oh, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know, the bar owners last night were like, "Come on, LSU, come on, man, y'all yeah. got to pull this thing out." <laughs> They're their favorite team all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. don't blame them. But I, I'm, I'm impressed with what Wake's done. I, like I said, I, you know, the, the the Baptist and the Christian schools have actually held account. I mean, Oral Roberts, TCU, and Wake have sold their share. They've outshined some other folks. Yeah. I was surprised. Tennessee, you know, I think Gamecock fans, one positive they can take away from the Super Regional loss to Florida is that that was the best crowd Florida's ever had. So it's kind of like in football. You remember the year Holtz was um, their best crowd they've ever had for football? Yeah. They brought the Gators up. Uh, I think it's a sign of respect, but I don't think all those dudes ended up going to the to Omaha, you know, because mm-hmm. I know the Gators. The Gators can get down; they can party. Red doesn't like the Gators too much because he's a dog. And he's part. <laughs> it's, it's inherent inside of him to just not like them. <laughs> yeah, had a boy, a boy Red, good boy, boy Red. <laughs> Guys, all the recruiting stuff. I promise you, we're going to get to it. Hail's on, so just hang in there. We got it. It's coming. We got to hit a timeout. Hour one is in the books. Week four, excuse me, week five in the SEC this year. Could be interesting. That's the one I figured you'd say. Tell you why. Don't go anywhere. Powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. ElectricBikesCharleston.com. 60 miles on a charge. Over 20 miles an hour. Talk about Jello shots. You take a lot on that trip. They've got the coolest bikes you've ever seen. ElectricBikesCharleston.com powering our program and powering our borders here in the Palmetto State as well. We'll be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now, and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line, and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs, and I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, 
Thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in person one hour lessons connect on twitter at mayor taylor and find her online at mckellarenterprises.org her email is on the website schedule your next lesson today with meredith taylor former gamecock golfer hey gamecock fans it's evan stowe from gamecock baseball a couple of painters paint the show garnet and black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost go to letmepaintsomething.com for information and an estimate go cox you heard Evan Stone Gamecock fans 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. Let me paint something.com. Yeah, grow, grow, grow. Don't you know, no, no. Grow, grow. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Start of the second hour here for you. Yeah, Jay's B, rather. C, B. Gold jacket. Green jacket. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jay sees the gold start jacket. calling y'all. I'll be the green. Jamie and Joseph. <laughs> By your Christian put, names. Like your mother's intended, damn it. I'm just going to put, I'll just put Tom up here and you just put like Bill. Bill Sherbert. I'll be That's right. Tom Bradford. No, Bill no, Sherbert. Schedules, yeah. Actually, we can't do Bill because he's Phil, so you got to be something else. Like, Is like, there a Bill Sherbert? I'll be Tom. You be Joe. Joe Sherbert. Joe, Tom, and Phil. I am. That's my granddaddy's name. Joe? Joe Sherbert. Well, there you go. Yeah, he used to answer the phone. He'd be like, Sherbert here. Joe uh, Sherbs. Yeah. Uh, but no, I can't. Bill Sherbert, Billy, uh, is the uh, only Sherbert in a movie I've ever heard character-wise. Red doesn't like me talking about it. Um, but uh, in Casino, Dom Dickel's character, yeah, Billy Sherbert. All right. He's spelled differently than mine, but he is. Yeah, I remember Pesci has a line. like, Sherbert's going to come out here and bust my whatever, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he hits him with the phone. Did not realize that. But uh, Don, 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 Don Dickles, Don Rickles. Sorry, my bad. Don, uh, Don Rickles. Billy Sherbert. Yeah. yeah. So Scorsese wrote a character with my last name. It, you know, just spelled differently. Sure. So it is, there is another Sherbert like in the world. Drink, I mean, spelled yeah. differently. So what do you, what do you think about that, Phil? Is my is my pick? Uh, you know that was the one I kind of had lined up too. You got some interesting matchups on the board. I mean, A and M Arkansas obviously has upset potential because it's at in Arlington. Oh, that one they're playing on. That's the neutral site game. Okay, yeah, yeah, so, play yeah that's I don't know. I don't know if one or the other in that game would be an upset though, because I I just do y'all think A and M's 
going to be anywhere near what they were last year. I could. Uh, not right now. Heck, it was an upset last year when A&M won at the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That game's always really close. I mean, every well, they, During the Chad Morris era at Arkansas, it, it was close every year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find the – yeah, I think the LSU Old Miss has got definite upset potential. Obviously, I just, South Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri, I, Vanderbilt. That's not going to be easy win. Well, far, I mean, look, Florida, <laughs> Florida, Kentucky. I mean, Florida has not had their way with Kentucky at all. No, going to Lexington has been a challenge. Let me. Here's the here's the list for the week: A and M and Arkansas and Arlington, Georgia at Auburn. Which I know everybody's going to write that off, and I get it. I understand yeah. that. But it's George at Auburn. It's Hugh Freeze's first year. The place is going to be packed. We know that. And these are the weekends where when you write it off is when you wake up on Sunday morning and go, I didn't, you know, you weren't paying attention, right? That's I wasn't paying attention. What happened? Florida at Kentucky, LSU at Ole Miss, Bama at Mississippi State, South Carolina at Tennessee, and Missouri at Vanderbilt. So you've got – LSU, Alabama, and Georgia in blue-collar road games. That's I've always called them blue-collar road games when you get that middle class. you got LSU at Ole Miss, Bama at Mississippi State, Georgia at Auburn. One of those three is going to lose that weekend. I just don't know who it is. Hmm. Do you think there's going to be two night games on this slate, right? So who do you think is going to well, pick up the night game? I don't know. Kind of hard to say. Depends on what environment they've already been to and all them. I know there's a lot of factors, but I think South Carolina, Tennessee's got big nighttime vibes. I mean, that's a huge weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got A&M in Arkansas. Generally, that pulls a – well, no, I think – JC, last year, wasn't that game – did that game kick at noon last year in Arlington? Yeah. I think, no, it, was in, it, was in, it was in Arlington. But, yeah, it's usually either noon or sometimes it's the 3.30. Uh, CBS game. I don't remember it being at night. Uh, I don't either. Night last year. Anyway, uh, since they've played this game at Jerry World, A&M is 7-1, and one, but <laughs> three overtime wins, a seven-point win, a four-point win, and a two-point win last year. So it's always close. Uh, A&M won by 11 in College Station, and then one year in 2016 – we remember that Arkansas team was not very good. Um, yeah. Brett Bielema, uh, A&M won 45-24. But uh, other than that, it's nip and tuck, but the Aggies find a way. Arkansas's only won one uh, mm-hmm. in college station. Crazy thing, Arkansas leads the overall series 42-34-3. So mm-hmm. that's a crazy thing as well. But uh, in the SEC – in the SEC, uh, you have the seven and one in Arlington, and A and M is two and zero. Otherwise, so uh, in, in SEC games, they've won nine out of ten. A and M has, so that's uh, sort of an interesting deal there uh, when you look at that. So, well, yeah. and George, to your question too, Phil, Georgia and Auburn always kicks at three thirty, or always kicks yeah, exactly. At yeah, that's what I've seen that game in Yeah, no, um, but I mean, I figured that'd be CBS. You know, it's Georgia and Auburn. <laughs> You're talking about potentially when they get there, I'd have to look at um, – obviously look at all the – I mean, I can't imagine that Bama is going to have lost a game by then. No. So they'll be undefeated on the road at Mississippi State. They've got Middle Tennessee – well, I mean, they got Texas. They'll beat Texas at home. So you got Middle Tennessee, you got Texas. Um, 
You got uh, at they go to South Florida. They got Ole Miss coming the weekend before. I mean, chances are they're undefeated, right? And so then you've got LSU at Ole Miss. LSU's got Arkansas the week before. They play Grambling early in the year. Obviously, they play Florida State to open the season. Um, what are we missing? Who else are they playing? They got to go to Mississippi State. Yeah. I don't, Jason. What do you think about Mississippi State, man? With everything they've been through down there, basically handing the keys over to Zach Arnett, he's brought his own staff in. They had a ton of transfers. I just feel like it's going to take going, a while to figure themselves out. They're going with that. They hired the App State offensive coordinator. So whatever yeah. App looked like last year with, you know, a lot of power runs and – excuse me. <clears throat> like it just feels Sorry. like one of those changes that's going to take four or five weeks to kind of figure out. They've got talent. But well, I, I, I got just – a veteran quarterback. Yeah, you know, I'm trying to use a Gamecock comparison here a little bit. Uh, usually, when you geared historically uh, or around here, when or, or anybody really, when you try to gear down an offense, it it's, it usually blows up in your face. Um, remember the run and shoot in 1987, uh, yeah. and then the next year, you know, Gamecock starts six and zero. Oh, it was. Impressive at times, not in times. Still had a lot of talent. The wheels came off because they went to a pro style. Uh, you remember Lou Holtz in, in 02 when Corey Jenkins took over? Uh, he dialed back that spread Skip was trying to run that put pressure on defenses. Uh, think about uh, the, oh, the final year of Brad Scott when Chuck Reedy was the offensive coordinator with Anthony Wright and Zola Day and those guys. Brad Scott had to take back over mid-year. Uh, you know, typically when you try to gear it down, it doesn't work. Now, I will say, you know, going from what BMAC was trying to do to what Bobo was trying to do, uh, but I don't know how much was that really gearing it down. I, I, I don't know. Um, you know, and I, I think Beamer's actually not – I think he's – they're speeding things up. So – yeah. Uh, it just – I don't think it pays to do that. I, I think defensive coaches sometimes have that mentality, and that's okay. Um, I do also think that Mississippi State as a school, uh, what do they always have? They always have D linemen. They always have linebackers. They always have DBs. Sure. Um, sure. I think it's smart long term. Uh, and I think App State's offense is complementary enough to where, like – in other words – you know, Leach's offense, even on days they're playing good defense, it's a hindrance because if your court, if Will Rogers is misfiring, uh, or they're going three and out, man, they're taking 10 seconds off the clock. You got to yeah. put those big old boys back out defense. there. Yeah. Yeah. You um, just got to keep running them back out. You know, but, yeah. but the app state, the app state system, it's a lot of, uh, outside zone. Uh, it's difficult to defend. I mean, you can ask it. I mean, most of the time when people have tried to replicate it, uh, it's been it's it's worked, you know. Uh, I think Scott Satterfield to us. I think Scott Satterfield stuff is going to work a whole lot better. Not with him not being in the situation he was at at Louisville. Uh, I think taking over Cincinnati, he's going to do some good things. Sean Elliott does some good things on offense, right? Uh, it's uh, when, when when Elliott brought in that run game, you know, when and Lattimore happened to come in at the same time. But you know, when Elliott was here. Uh, as the run game coordinator, not necessarily the O-line coach under Muschamp, 
and Roper, those that crew, uh, and they honestly they kind of geared it down. But uh, it, it, Carolina's run game was really really sound. I mean, think about it. Brandon Wilds was good at running it. Mike Davis was good at running it. Uh, you know, it, it didn't. Sean Carson, it, it didn't matter. I mean, because it's just it's problematic. It's one of those special preps that's hard to stop. Now you have to have the O lineman, but Mississippi State also, if you're talking about offense. Historically, now they usually have pretty good offensive line. They, they're yeah. at least big. Yeah, they, they are. usually have pretty good running backs, you know. So mm-hmm. they usually have a running quarterback. So, I, you know, I, I like the plan overall. We had Brand, Brandon Walker, you know, is a Mississippi, from Barstool, is a Mississippi State guy. Um, and he sounded sort of confident about it because, you know, you talk to those folks out there and it's like, well, you know, the defense has really, really been what's uh, – What's happening? You know, yeah, uh, defense you know, has won them here. Actually, the defense has basically gotten them bowl eligible the last two years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yeah. Look at it. And uh, Bruin, when I'm talking about Satterfield, I was talking about Scott Satterfield, not yeah. not Marcus, <laughs> no. not, <laughs> not, 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 not the not the triple well, that, tight end. That weekend, that that weekend we're talking about here, Alabama, Mississippi State. That's the tail end of. Listen to this for state. The 16th, they've got LSU in town, and then they come to Columbia, and then they welcome Bama. It's ridiculous. So, their, their, schedule. Tough, yeah, their schedule is tough. Yeah, that's – I mean, before that, I mean, they've, they're they going to have their chance to open – you know, they should open 2-0. and I mean, they've got southeastern Louisiana, and then they got Missouri. I mean, I'm sorry. Then they got Arizona coming to town. But I'll tell you, speaking of Missouri, we've just mentioned all those games. That's September 30th. Carolina at Tennessee, Bama at Mississippi State, LSU at Ole Miss, Florida at Kentucky, Georgia at Auburn, A&M, Arkansas, and Arlington. Nobody's going to talk about it until the day of the game, but Missouri is at Vanderbilt that day. And here's yeah. to here's to Vandy, you know, give me one of those jello shots for, for Vandy pulling off that win. But Vandy, I don't know if you've paid attention to that. Like, I think they're going to be better. Does that equate to more wins? I have no idea. But they should be better based on the guys they've signed, the guys they brought in on the portal, portal, staff continuity. With that Missouri game that day, and this is kind of part of it. Think, look at, think about this for the beginning of their season. So they open in two months. Well, a little over two months. August twenty sixth. They got Hawaii in town. Well, they should punish them. Hawaii's terrible. And then they've got Alabama A and M. 2-0, right? We, we agree with that? 2-0, Vanderbilt? 2-0? September 9th. They're on the road at Wake Forest. Well, Sam Hartman isn't there anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, that's a toss-up game, I would say, if not give He's them a Notre little bit Dame. of some edge if it weren't now, now away. That, that system, <laughs> that you're playing the system. You're playing the system, and that's, that's the difficult part. Yeah. But I'm not going to totally wipe – Clark Lee and his defense off the board going into that game. I, I like Clark Lee. I, I think he's a great coach. He's a great defensive mind. So let's just pl- let's just have fun with it and say they somehow go to Winston Salem and they upset. Wait, which that, that would be an upset. So about three and zero. Oh. Then you, they go to UNLV. Now that just smells like the game where it's like. Oh, come on, Vandy. That's such a Vandy thing to do. Go to UNLV and get beat by JC's, JC's boys. But if they should win it. But no Gary coach. Odom, baby. That's You're right. talking about yeah. 4-0. The and, 0. and then you've got two. Then then it ramps up. 
but you have Kentucky and Missouri both come into town. There is a chance, just saying, for the sake of having fun with Vanderbilt here, through six games, Vandy could have four or five wins. Just saying. You put a, do you put a five and one Vandy in week six in the top 25? What if, uh, seven, <laughs> what if they beat Kentucky, Missouri? Well, they went on their non You go beat Kentucky, Missouri, and win it, beat Florida and Kentucky two years in a row. Georgia yeah, well, comes to Nashville Saturday, October 14th. Would we see game day? The battle of undefeated in Nashville. Oh, no, that would be something, wouldn't it? <laughs> that wouldn't that? Wouldn't that be something? Dude, I know we're well, running out of time in this segment, but week 11 is another one that I had because I, I tried to pick an early one and a late one, but that week 11 slate is another good one. Uh, you're talking about when Vandy's in Columbia? The uh, Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the one. I wasn't considering that game, but the rest of them definitely have a the strange one written all over them. Yeah. Bam at, Bam at Kentucky, Tennessee at Missouri. I don't know. All, I, I, but we don't know what Auburn's going to be this year. I just can't put any. I don't know what to think about those guys. I don't know. Yeah, it. there's a lot that you just don't know. Auburn will be able, season by some of these I teams. believe they'll be a lot better. They may start slow, but I think they'll be a lot better. Who do they? Who do they uh, I mean, he, he, they just have such. A, he, he's such a better fit as a coach. You man, such a better coach, and they've yeah. gotten some pieces out of the portal. And you know, I'm not so sure they solve their running back situation. They had to kill the kid well, from Michigan State. They got beat out, but I mean, can't get any worse, dude. I'll you know, tell you this Auburn, though. You know where they are September 9th? <laughs> Why you schedule this game, I have no idea. They're at Cal. Go out and lose to Cal oh in week God. two, you freeze. <laughs> See what Bro, that's a that's a daggum comparison of fan bases right there. <laughs> right? Wow. Bro, there's a game. It's uh, oh, the bro. Auburn. It's like Auburn? The, the Adam Durant's from Cal. Sounds cool. Uh, yeah, I, I that's... That's country coming down right Cal, there. Uh, I'm Cal Berkeley, man. But uh, Cal's got a new stadium, too, so maybe the Bears will be fired up to go get them. But, um, boy, that's yeah. a terrible job, by the way. Uh, you're Why? fighting a lot of stuff out there. Why would you even schedule that? I wouldn't schedule that game. That's ridiculous. A few years back, they, Auburn had an AD that started scheduling nationally. Georgia did this for a while. Um when David Evans was the AD, and then they went through a cycle where they played home and homes with Colorado, Arizona State, you know, just bizarre teams. I almost got beat a couple of times. Did get beat by Colorado, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, that dude got fired, and rightfully so. And the other AD was an old Georgia boy, and he was, well, I think it's difficult enough. We're going to go back to play in New Mexico State. And, um, you know, because we have Georgia Tech and Florida and, you know, uh, I think they wanted that. You know, they lose a home game, the Florida game, every year too. So, uh, but Georgia's back to scheduling tough again. So, so we'll see. Boy, yeah, they sure are. They've taken the Bama road. Okay, I don't know how much more we're going to see of that if they go to nine. Uh, j- to add on to what you said a minute ago, though, JC about the Vanderbilt Florida Florida got beat up in Nashville last year, and we gave you the list of Vandy's games through week six with Missouri coming to town. They do go to the swamp in week seven, by the way. Mm-hmm. I and then they've got Georgia coming after that, and and that's you know it starts kind of 
getting sticky from there. They got a good Ole Miss. They've got Auburn coming to town. They've got to go to come to South Carolina, um, and At so Tennessee. on and so forth. Yeah, they got Tennessee at the yeah. end of the year. But but I, I I'm just kind of picturing the Florida when Vandy comes in. Like generally, it's it's the oh you know I appreciate y'all coming. Thank you. Have hope you have, hope you enjoy your trip. Try some Gator bites while you're here. You know that type of thing. Like it's Vanderbilt. We're gonna beat crap out of them. So let's be nice to them. Not sure they're gonna get treated like that this go around after yeah. winning the game in Nashville last year. They're a player. <laughs> it was like Kentucky. Kentucky used to be. You know it was it was like it was the back it was the backhand compliment for the Gators and everybody, Carolina included. I mean, South Carolina beat them every year. Yeah. It's like oh well, you know we appreciate y'all coming. You know you. Get a nice basketball program, but appreciate you playing football. It really means a lot to us. Um, you know, glad we can you know schedule you so we can keep winning games around here. And then Kentucky started beating guys, and nobody likes that anymore. So everybody hates Kentucky <laughs> football. I think what you don't want for Vanderbilt next year is for them to go five and one in their first six, and then be you know looking for that feeling good. One upset to get them to bowl eligibility. Can, can they right? ever? Yeah. Can they ever be good? <laughs> JC, you lived in Nashville. Like, can Vanderbilt honestly? Like, they're go, they're doing away with divisions. We know what the power of the league. Nobody talks about Vanderbilt. Everybody looks at it every year and says they're going to go zero and eight. Last year, I said they'd go one and seven. By the way, and they did. No, they were two and six. I think two and six. Um, and uh, uh, can they ever get it back to nine? Like James, on a year where maybe the SEC. Isn't all that great, and they have like That's a senior-laden team. The problem is, though, as opposed to like when Bobby Johnson was there, and people give James Franklin a lot of credit. He deserves credit because he coached those teams. But James was only there three years. Bobby Johnson, before he retired and gave it to Robbie Caldwell that one season, they redshirted and redshirted and redshirted guys, yeah. and they they got they went and they found players like Earl Bennett, Larry Smith, and. You know, all the defensive players they had, DJ, DJ Moore out of uh, Broom, who was really, really good. Uh, but they were able to redshirt and develop. Now with the transfer portal, the guys Vanderbilt starting running back last year, who's from California, by the way, is now at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And from what I'm told, they don't put any NIL money into football up there. It all goes to baseball because mm-hmm. they feel like that's where they're going to compete. But so – I feel like for the, it's not that Clark Lee can't get it done. Barton Simmons, who's the personnel guy there, who's a friend of mine, it's not like he can't get it done. I love that guy. Uh, and I, and I hope, I hope, and I, I saw some great signs of life last season, but you know, the problem is, is it's, it, it's hard to keep, keep those kids there too because of the academics, you know? So if, like, if you're like that running back, you're like, hell, I can go to Kentucky. I don't have to study all the time. Uh, deal with all you know this academic rigors. Uh, they get sixty five thousand instead of fifteen. Uh, so I'm going to go, and, and that's the problem. Like their players are going to get poached, um, and then it's hard to get in the portal and do work if you're them because you guys are great. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think I think the way college football is now uh, will prevent them from doing that, and it will have nothing to do with Clark Lee and his ability to coach. It's just a different time. And a school like Vanderbilt, I think it really works against. That's a great point. That's a great point. It's going to be, yeah, it's tough on Vandy, no doubt. 
All right. Uh, I know Hale's waiting, so let's hit our uh, timeout. And when we get back, Hale McGranahan will pop in. We're teed up by the coolest club in the Carolinas, travelingcountryclub.com. Travelingcountryclub.com. If you want to play golf, play it with these guys. This is the best club I've ever been a part of. Also, never been really a part of any clubs because nobody let me in, but they did. Thank God. Travelingcountryclub.com. Play golf in the mountains. Play golf in the Midlands. Play golf along the coast. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. Magnum, Velotric, Inventive Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. To buy a new home, Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NM. LS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit the Barn Dominion. Co.com. That's the barndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida, and you are listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. Monty tried to left. Morgan looks up and it is gone. Go two is sent to center. And this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Passes, and it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are joined now by Hale McGranahan of the Big Spur. Hale, yes. On Hale. the Color Enterprises guest line. We got Hales in the in our back office. Hales in our back office. <laughs> Sorry, Hale. 
Oh, wow. Oh. Just, yeah, there's Hale. Oh, sorry. Oh. That was my bad. I was trying to. <laughs> so we're really going to put him in the green room here. Yeah, that's right. Hey, will you unmute him too, Phil, so we can talk to him? That's the whole thing yeah, I was trying to do before okay. I booted him out of the uh, thing because I've been running the brakes a little differently today. But welcome in, Hale. How you doing? Great. How you guys? Doing well, man. So, Hale, Hale uh, we're looking at 2029 prospects today because, um, <laughs> you know. Can't can't get enough recruiting for the next ten years. Any eleven year olds on your radar? No, I appreciate you guys having me on. Y'all have a have a good rest of the afternoon. Always a pleasure. (laughs) Enjoy. And that's the extent of our twenty (laughs) twenty (laughs) nine recruiting coverage. And makes my head explode. Gosh, yeah. All right. Talking about baby Gronk or something? Is that is that no? uh, Isn't that I defended Baby Gronk's dad the other day. I've, oh, no. Why? I was, like, talking about things that normally piss me off that didn't, uh, uh, you know, Slopey Johnson or whatever, or Slopey Peter or whatever his name was that was Droopy. Uh, yeah. trying Droopy, to uh, – Droopy Johnson. Droopy Johnson that was trying to fool people. Uh, I defended him, and then um, – People fell for that. And, and then uh, I read an article about Baby Gronk's dad, and I'm like, as much crap as freaking uh, this going on with kids these days, I'm like, well, hell, they're just out there trying to make money on social media. And, uh, it's no different than like Drew Barrymore's parents. I mean, I, I don't, you know, and he admitted they didn't have any offers, and that's what drives me crazy. Well, he's been offered <laughs> by this this school. He's in fifth grade. <laughs> he's a child. Child. Uh, you know, he's better than kids his own age, but. Hell, so was I when I was that age. So I, I don't know. I defended those two things. Anyway, I'm sorry for bringing that up, Hale. Uh, so Liam Neeson, what's his name? Liam Liam, Liam Neeson. <laughs> Andrews. Liam Liam Andrews. 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 That's going to kick the door in when he gets to Columbia. He's got a certain set of skills here. He's got some fans kind of – Liking what he's putting on social media, I don't always buy into all that. But uh, you know, how would you describe where the Gamecocks are at with him right now? In a uh, you know, from a realistic standpoint, I would think pretty good. I mean, him him coming in on Friday uh, when when that kind of broke, it, it was very surprising. It came together very last minute, and last minute being like Thursday. I mean, he was on campus probably less than 24 hours after he booked the trip. Uh, I, I don't know that for sure, but I, pretty close to it. So yeah. he, he'd been down before, so it's not like it just totally came out of nowhere. Like I think it was during spring practices when he visited before as, as an unofficial visitor, of course. So uh, still surprising nonetheless, and, and you got to think that if he's willing to to, to come down and, and see the place for a second time, that, that's got to be a good thing. And when you consider that – the the arrangements were made because they wanted to get his mom down. Uh, I, I I think that's probably a good sign that that dad saw it in the spring. Got to get mom down to see it in the summer. So uh, where things are coming out of it, I I don't have any specifics to pass along. But uh, I I think there's there's probably a pretty good shot if you're South Carolina whether or not they can overcome like a Penn State or some someone who's a little more close geographically. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but uh, I guess the, the social media post you're alluding to, JC, is 
his comments on on Dante Arena's Instagram. So, yeah, oh, not, not necessarily make that an end all be all type of deal, but uh, certainly an eyebrow raiser. Yeah, I liked him when he was in the tunnel too. He said it feels different uh, walking out of that tunnel with Williams Bryce. Uh, hope he hope he doesn't go to LSU because that tunnel's pretty special too down there in Baton Rouge. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. but uh, yeah, and those of you in the chat box that are talking about Amari Adams, South Carolina is definitely definitely. Would you say definitely pursuing him? Probably the favorite for twenty twenty five. Yeah. I- I don't know who is there debate as to whether or not South Carolina is after him. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Wayne asked about him, and Bruin Nation was explaining the kids at South Florence now, or according to his contacts or whatever, he's at South Florence now. Oh, yeah, he's very yeah. yeah, misunderstanding if the Gamecocks are going after him or not. They are, and they have, they've been on him for two years. So, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he, he was coming to games as a freshman when he was at. Pageland Central or Central Pageland. What, what, sorry for probably screwing that up to those folks, but you know his his dad was I think the head basketball coach there, and they moved to Lake City when his dad got a job there, and now his dad's got a job at, at South Florence. So that's why he's jumping around like that. Uh, why Amari's jumping around like that. So, so yeah, he's he's been there since I don't know started this month, I guess maybe a little earlier, somewhere within the last few weeks, and. Uh, it's, of course, where Lenore Sellers played. And, uh, yeah, so South Carolina has hosted him for more visits than everybody else combined. That's that's probably very true. I mean, he's he's got, uh, I think, Alabama this weekend. He, you know, he went to Clemson to start the month, got the offer there, uh, came back to Carolina uh, probably less than a week later. Uh, then, then I can't remember the schedule off the top of my head, but, you know, I had Florida State, LSU, and Alabama. Uh, trips lined up after South Carolina. So, uh, yeah, definitely, definitely a guy for South Carolina and, and somebody who, who the Gamecocks are in pretty good shape with right now, for sure. Uh, sticking to the, the 2024 cycle here. All right. Go, give us the list that you have that is going to be on campus this weekend, the final visit, major visit weekend of the month and any additional names to keep an eye on that could be added to that. I don't know of anybody who could be added uh, quite yet. Uh, we're, we're not quite to that point in the week. But uh, expecting Jonathan Paylor, the receiver from up in Burlington, North Carolina, Dylan Stewart, defensive end from Washington, D.C., Daniel Hill, running back, Meridian, Mississippi. And uh, there, there's one more that's just on the tip of my tongue. Oh, yeah, uh, David Busey, the, the newly offered nickel safety Sam linebacker. Defensive headhunter uh, from Savannah, who, who's coming in as well, and, and South Carolina's in in pretty good shape with all four of those guys, especially Busey, who, who got the offer about a week ago and set up his official visit and has been pretty open telling folks that he wants to come to Carolina. So, so those are the four plus plus all the the guys who are committed to that class uh, that, that have not taken an official visit yet. And you know, Michael Smith took his official visit a couple weeks ago and. Fred Johnson did his a couple weeks ago and, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and our punter, Mason Love, a whole lot of love. Uh, Pete Lumbo's guy. Well done. Say our punter, our punter, Carolina's punter, future punter, next guy Kroger, but from the right side, got a hell of an arm too. So he says. So, uh, yeah, so we yeah. had him on the show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Mason was on the show bragging about his quarterback skills. 
Yeah. I don't know about that. The, the Busey kid, I, I, is he a guy who's going to probably start receiving additional major offers as the late summer and early fall arrives in your mind? Possibility. Well, you know, he, he came to Carolina with the West Virginia offer and Iowa State offer mm-hmm. at State Tulane, some other group of five schools. Um, you know, his <laughs> he's, he's teammates with, with some pretty highly recruited 2025 guys. Elijah Griffin, who's one of the best two players in, in that class, regardless of position. Uh, so it's not like he's just at a school that's, you know, in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have any coaches come through. Like, people are aware of him. So I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the case, JB. Um, you know, getting getting offer like South Carolina does help. Like, anytime an SEC school offers a guy, that's going to put up the antennas across the league and really across the – country um so i i'm not going to sit here and say that's not going to happen or be the case but same time it's it's not like he's just a complete unknown to to a lot of people across college football okay uh in addition to, to i know jc mentioned yesterday that we are very much so on quote unquote commitment watch with him this weekend you agree with that for sure before we yeah. get the next guys. Okay. Oh, yeah. uh, of the remaining uncommitted but highly ranked prospects that will be on campus this weekend, this is a difficult question to ask. It's an opinion-based question, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ha- would you favor one over another as far as South Carolina receiving a commitment from them either during the weekend or coming out of it? I would say coming out of the weekend, just because that's uh, gives me a little more wiggle room there. I wouldn't be surprised if all the go- those four guys end up committed to South Carolina at some point. I mean, it's. It, I, I said with Dylan Stewart in the VIP room last night that if I had to put in a crystal ball, I would put one into South Carolina. I, I have not done that, and I'm probably not going to because I don't have the fortitude to put in a crystal ball for a five star. <laughs> so anytime that happens, like it, it becomes a story, and the aggregators jump all over it, and it gets a whole lot of attention. Sometimes more than it needs to be. So I'm not I'm probably never gonna put one in for Dylan Stewart, quite frankly. Or many other five stars who South Carolina is in on. But again, like I, I feel pretty good about where they stand. I've already got one in for Daniel Hill. Probably should have put one in for Jonathan Paylor, you know, long time ago, but I haven't for whatever reason. Um and, and he's got picks from for Carolina. JC, I think I think you or Tony were like the first one to, to do one to Carolina. I, but but you got one in either way. So I, 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 there is a world when, where they could get all four of those guys at some point, whether it happens within the next, what, four or five days from now or, you know, four or five months up until signing day. Uh, so, yeah, again, I, I, I think the Gamecocks are in, in real good shape with those guys. I mean, Daniel Hill came out of the spring game talking about South Carolina being number one. Jonathan Paylor, any interview he does, he's comparing NC State, North Carolina, whoever else, to South Carolina saying they're neck and neck with them now after the visit. So like, yeah, like it's, it's not, not uh, too far fetched to, to say what I was just saying about them having a good shot with all four of those guys. That's a good thing though, right? Coming off of a visit being neck and neck and not just naming NC state the leader. Yeah, you would think so. I mean, uh, obviously you got to get to the finish line. You got to get them committed and got to get them signed. But, but yeah, on, on the surface, uh, the, 
he's been pretty consistent with with that uh, that line of 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 answer. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's certainly a good thing for for the Gamecocks. Yeah. Hey, all right. Can we all have a uh, pat on the back moment for Hale McGranahan? His all all time picks in the crystal ball category, he is 86% right. 86% nice. for Hale McGranahan, everybody. Nice. 86%. And there's nobody in the world that is 86%. You've got to be one of the highest guys at 24-7, right? Uh, perhaps. I don't know. I, yeah, I would no. say so. We're going to stick I, I, there, there are some guys like JC who have been, have been doing it a lot longer than me. Um, so... There, I got some some work to do when it comes to the the volume, but uh, I got I feel pretty good about that number if for no other reason that like that twenty twenty one class for South Carolina when when mm-hmm. Coach Muschamp got fired and Beamer was coming in and you know there were some guys who who had been committed and ended up decommitting and I never changed the picks for whatever reason so. Uh, um, it might be closer to like eighty-seven and a half percent is what I'm trying to say. So it was it's Muschamp's fault, is what you're saying. Back no, in the day, I had to <laughs> I had to do like at least two hundred and forty-seven crystal ball predictions a year because we we're we had to all do the top guys when we first had it. Mm-hmm. And so hey, I thought batting six eighty was pretty good, you know. But uh, well, I mean, uh, guys, if 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 his JC, you might he might be in line for a raise here before long because if this all holds true, he's got. The, the one and only Hale McGranahan has crystal balls in for Daniel Hill, Amari Adams, Matthew Fuller, David Busey, Fred – well, Fred's committed now. Uh, mm-hmm. The Agbako kid and Caleb Harris. So if, you, if you're 100% on those, if you're if – you're, if you miss one, you're at your percentage. If you go over, you're 100%. There you go. I'm not a math guy, but that sounds right to me. Pretty good stuff. I'm not a mathematician, but uh, um, so uh, feeling okay, like a any, anything on Braylon Russell, Clint ask. Uh, I, I, I haven't heard anything, anything new. Lately, but, uh, I mean, I didn't talk about yesterday. So no, not nothing that I'm hearing. I I can't remember off the top of my head if he's got a visit this weekend somewhere or not. I have to go back and check. I've been pretty locked in on uh, the guys who were getting ready to come in or, or with camp stuff. So. I probably need to circle back to him, um, but but I know they they would certainly like to to take him and uh, you know two running backs at the very least with this class. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, I think. By the way, one of the things we've talked about on here before the the four of us and and I, I'm sure even with Hale without you being on with us sometimes is it, it, it and I talked to a, a a coach on staff about this just a couple of weeks ago. Um, it, it always is rather amazing how the major targets for South – well, really all of them, but especially on weekends where they bring in a large group of major targets. It always coincides with major commitments, guys who are already in the fold. Um, and that's not, that's not coincidence, <laughs> right? Uh, they, they've got this thing figured out. It's a pretty well-oiled machine under, under Coach Beamer's leadership. Do you know anything about the relationships that the committed prospects that will be on campus this weekend have with those that are uncommitted? Yeah, that's it's it's by design to to have those guys all together on campus at the same time, the, the committed guys and the non-committed guys. Um, I, Dante Stewart has has been around a bunch of them when when he's or Dante, excuse me, Dylan Stewart has been around a bunch of them on campus. Uh, in the past, so 
he he knows obviously the DMV guys like that that circle circle of dudes they're they you know they kind of stick together so he's got whether it's guys who are committed in, in the class 2024 or guys who just enrolled like Nick Harbour or Tosin Babalade or, or Zabari Sandy whoever else like Dylan Stewart's going to know those guys um, mm. and knows them quite well so uh, that that's a factor I mean Dante Reno is been been really good as far as being you know the face of the class the quarterback leader type of guy that uh that you'll see pretty pretty frequently uh you know throughout recruiting cycles so he does a good job with that um Jonathan Paylor again has has been down a couple of times with with some other commits and and I think Reno's been pretty locked in with him from a communication standpoint and all that and I don't know about Daniel Hill maybe He's out in Mississippi, and he, you know, he came to the spring game, and I, I don't know how how much he necessarily interacted with with those guys like like Reno and you know Mazio Bennett and, and whoever else has been committed and on campus with him at the same time. So, um, yeah, there there are some relationships there with again the the guys who are in the class currently and and guys who who are already on the team right now. So that stuff is is definitely uh, by design. It, guys, is is it likely that Dylan Stewart makes a decision before he plays his senior year? Do y'all know that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah it's possible. Well, they're not saying he wants a summer decision, right? I mean, that's I, well. Yeah, I'd say it's a pretty decently strong possibility that he's before the summer. Uh, if, if you're asking, is it going to draw out like Nick Harbor? I, I don't. I don't think. No. Well, I think. I think he and his mom want to get it done uh, before senior season. So, is that interesting to y'all? And the fact that he's such an elite player, being courted by everybody. I mean, a lot of guys sometimes shut it down early, and then yeah. sometimes they they change their mind. <laughs> Robert Candici, remember that? Yeah, remember, yeah. remember, I mean, he, I, remember Robert Candici committed? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you committing. Take other visits, and I'm, I don't know that Dylan Stewart would necessarily do that. But you know, there have been plenty, plenty of guys in the past that high caliber type of player who've said, "Oh, I want to commit by June." Then all of a sudden, it's August, and they still aren't committed. It's like I'm gonna commit, commit sometime to start of my senior season. Then you know, we're getting close to signing day, and they still aren't committed. So you, you never know; um, those those timelines are always uh, always fluid. Yeah, it, it just never happens for South Carolina. That's that's the thing, though. I mean, they, they do get big time players. I'm not saying that they haven't, but the top ten, top five, top ten guys that they traditionally signed, none of them have been this early. I, I don't remember one. Do y'all? I mean, Birch wasn't. We know what that drama played out like. Clowney was Valentine's Day. Marcus was late. Um, Nick Harbour was later. Nick Harbour was later. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't. There's mm-hmm. no. They've never had a guy that they've signed a top ten. Of course, it's not like they've signed a ton of top ten players, but they've never had one like him. If he's if he stays up there, and he and he probably and he will, that yeah. would, they would ever have committed before the start of their senior year. I just, that that would just, that would be something brand new to this football program. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Zach Pickens. Oh, ah, yeah, yep. true. Gotcha. 
No, that's no, you're right. Well, yeah, that's right. I, I remember JB thinking at the time Zach Pickens was there. I, 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 I can't remember if that's what Hale came on board. That was no, you came on board with us way before Zach Pickens because I was in Greenville when you came on board. So, yeah, I remember telling Hale, man, that's a breath of fresh air to get that guy uh, and not have to worry about tracking him. You know, and he ended up being a top ten player. So that's, that's what I said. That, that was actually right before I I, uh, I got on board because I remember getting ready to go to Boston to to watch the Braves play the Red Sox after SEC country told told everybody they were closing up shop and uh, so he committed when I was like drinking beers with my buddy who I who I made the trip with like it was the night before we flew up. So Zach Pickens committed and I didn't write anything about it for SEC country. One of the best, biggest recruits that South Carolina got in the year. It was close enough. I mean, I, y'all hired me probably like three weeks after that, a month after that. So, Good thing. I think I'm right in saying that. Uh, if he does commit, Dylan Stewart, he would be the sixth, as it stands now, sixth all-time top ten commitment for South Carolina. Y'all mentioned – Pickens, we've mentioned Lattimore, we've mentioned Birch, we've mentioned Clowney. There's one other. Anybody remember who it was? Demetrius Summers. There you go. Yeah. Demetrius mm-hmm. Summers. Class of 03, what's up? <laughs> I re- re- represent <laughs> from the, from the mm-hmm. west side. Yep. And then the next highest ranked guy they ever signed was Ricardo Hurley, who was oh, nationally ranked 17th from Greenwood. So, All right, do we miss anything, Hale? What's the week look like for you? More camp? Blood, yeah, sweat, camp, tears. camp on Wednesday, just regular old camp. Thursday, Friday, the O line, D line, and seven, seven on seven. Uh, each of those days. Um, then Saturday, they're having a cookout. I won't, I won't be eating hamburgers and hot dogs with uh, with those guys, but uh, we'll, we'll certainly be doing my thing for the big spur with that. And of course, Sunday with the official visitors wrapping up as well. So busy, uh, busy few days for the show. Well, there's going to be a lot of folks that are watching and listening to this program that will be monitoring the Big Spur throughout the weekend as you continue to give updates on what's happening with those guys. Hey, we really appreciate the time, man. Try to mix in some sleep when you can, and maybe a beer or two. Oh, there's no shortage of either one of those around here. Oh, that. <laughs> <laughs> I got some beer right here, buddy. Not All right. Yeah, yeah, there we go. Nothing like a nooner. It's not cold and it's not open, but it's it's there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, great glass in case you, of you, emergency. You do you, man. You need. You All do right, you. boys. See you, brother. All right. Thanks, Al. There you go. <laughs> All right. Final timeout. We'll be right back on inside the Gamecocks. The show built by the Barndoco. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271. Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat 
is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find a West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Colmacina from the Yardcocks. Electric bikes of Charleston Powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. like that too <laughs> it's got some chief in it, it uh, uh, yeah t minus two weeks that's right you're not far be the last time y'all ever see me it might, what <laughs> I, don't know. I just don't know you don't ever know i've made it through 24 i don't know if i can make it through 25 of them jamie bradford's going in a submersible submarine with eric church and he's never coming back <laughs> that's right i love you chief we're gonna die here at the bottom of the ocean together <laughs> Sitters like me, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm my wife asked me the other day if I would go skydiving with her, by the way. Dana's going skydiving? No. Well, just as a, you know, kind of throw it out there, thought experiment type of deal. I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah, give room. Uh, 76, by the way, we're well, working on getting assistant coaches yeah. for football. So don't Guys, worry. We, uh, we got a lot of stuff down the road. We can – we're not like some shows out there. We're actually credentialed. We can, we have access. That's right. Yeah, we're, we're, There's we'll just time in the place for everything. So We can't have them on every day. I don't think I jump out of a plane either. I don't like heights. I don't like heights. I'm claustrophobic. I'm not, yeah. I need to spread out, breathe. Would you would you yeah, rather do a high. submarine or skydive? I think mindset wise, I would be better at skydiving, but I would be scared poopless because I would be worried this that wouldn't the the chute wouldn't open. So submarine, like, just are like, we again, submarine to the bottom of the ocean to look at the Titanic because that I would not do. I just but I'd get into a sub. I'd get into a sub. 
I mean, I rode the, you know, 20,000 leagues under the sea at Disney back in the day. I'll be honest. Sometimes I think about that ride and I get, cause I rode it too as a kid. I don't know that I would ride it today. I get a little, cla- I get claustrophobic on like the seas with Nemo and friends. Do you want to, you want to know if y'all have been on this, you'll know. Have you ever been through the Chesapeake Bay tunnel? Yeah. yeah, I don't that's, do well in underwater. That's tunnels. freaking claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. that that that, that oh, gets me. Think about this: riding in like just a eight years after nine eleven, riding through the is it the Lincoln Tunnel that goes into Manhattan from Newark in a cab where uh, traffic's bad and you're just butt to butt and you're just sitting there and you're looking yeah. up at the ceiling and yeah, it leaks a little bit. There's a little yeah. water coming down. Yeah, you know. Yep. Uh, so Even when you're on the when you're on the train too, going into uh, Manhattan, it's because uh, last time I went to I went to New York in December of 2017 and uh, flew into Newark and took the train in and it was uh, I hate it I don't give me a bridge man give me a bridge over because uh, I'm fine like on the on the in the the big bridge in Charleston I'm I'm fine with with that. See I don't yeah, I get don't a little nervous on tunnels. that. But. More so on tunnels, but I've, I've been in plenty of them. Thanks, Mom. Yeah, we've been in some tunnels. Mom. <laughs> yeah, that's my mom, Stay man. Hey, Mom. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, but that makes me nervous. Yeah. And no, Quadcock, I would not get into a submersible and go two miles down under the ocean. Cause no way. Just, I would, I, I couldn't. I couldn't get my mind out of the whole mindset of having the entire weight of the ocean on top of you yeah, if no something way. were to go wrong. I mean, it'd be instant death. Well, like that Chesapeake Bay shit. Tunnel, like when we go to see uh, Gary's, <laughs> Gary's family up there, she's got family up in Delaware, so we'll drive up there. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what if one of these 18-wheelers come in the opposite way, wrecks, and we're stuck down Dude. And then we're just sitting we here, and then think about that. the no. submarine runs into us. What do we do? She's like, what are you talking about? What movies have you been watching? I'm like, hey, those, I don't think that's far from that. Spart- we drove to Spartanburg for that funeral in February. Uh, the tunnel's on the other side of the exit for Gallimore going through toward Asheville in the Smokies. Mm. Smokies. Yeah. I, I kind of hold my breath going. They're not very big at all. JC, did you just yeah, have the- a fly land on your nose? Is that what that was? Is your door open? No, this little dude snuck in. I guess. Um, <laughs> that's what was awesome when the turtle, uh, the turtle was right here. You should eat it. Fly left on the turtle <laughs> shells. <laughs> Y'all put me in a better mood today. Thank you. Good. We're glad. Yeah, and I can't do. I don't. Yeah, but my 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 worst fear, I think, is is probably getting stopped at the, stopped at the top of a roller coaster. So I'm always like, yeah, white knuckle driving over big suspension bridges and things like that. But, Mark is yeah. like the bar door is a jar. Bar door. But I wish I wish I was sitting there having some lattes with Lance. That his name's Mark Stout. Maybe maybe yeah, that's a beer brand. brand. Yeah, I have a Mark Stout. Mark That's for marketing day. opportunities, Jay Bradford at chiefmediamarketing.com. If it says red took a steamer on the floor. That didn't yeah. <laughs> Haven't found one of those surprises in a while. So. Yeah, these guys talking about the old bridge. That's what I learned to drive on with a trailer <laughs> behind me loaded down with peaches. That's what I learned to drive on. It was. Oh, my goodness. 
Well, I was 15. Actually, I was 14. <laughs> they got it and get pulled over. That old bridge was, phew, that was anxiety-inducing as a kid. Because I drove on it, too, when I was young. But, man, oh, man, I hated it. Oh, my gosh. I but felt it, like you make one wrong move and you're, like, you know, knocking windows with the guy next to you. Which fairly pretty much true because the small, the old one was real tiny. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, I got used to, you know, once you're used to it, you know, I never thought about it. But then when they built the Ravenel, it was like, oh, this is what a real bridge looks like. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I didn't. Before that, I you just went over the bridge. I didn't think about it. You just were used to it. But if you'd never driven it or rarely drove it, yeah, you'd have a heart attack. Mm. It was crazy. Good days. Good days in Charleston. I wish it was still like that because there wouldn't be as many people here. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks to Hale and John Whittle. They've given you all the updates we can give you. If you see random stuff on the internet, disregard. I repeat, disregard. <laughs> these, guys, these guys are the pros. Uh, we do have Sidarius Hutcherson tomorrow in our Born to Crow Carolina Conversation Series. We'll get that cranked back up. We had to take a brief pause to get through baseball. Um, but uh, previously, Mark Burson, Robert Edwards, and Don Ellerby were our guests. Sidarius is our next guest. Learn all about his life and his time playing football at South Carolina. Coming up on Thursday, Pat DeMarco will pop in for as long as he'll stay. And he tells me he'll stay a while, so plan to be around for a little bit. Nice. Can't wait for that. Hopefully, wherever you are, it is not raining. It is seemingly always raining where I am. For Phil and JC, I'm JB. We'll see you tomorrow on Inside the Gamecocks Show. <laughs> From the Sinorama Studios.